This podcast is brought to you by BrunerAcademy.com, your online resource for the best public speaking, presentation, storytelling skills courses. Become a rock star communicator in any setting. Visit BrunerAcademy.com. From selling Avon products at age 11, to sewing her own clothes, to inventing a product to freeze body fat, to creating a super premium vodka, my guest today is definitely a serial entrepreneur. Hello everyone, welcome to Live Your Best Life with Liz. I'm Liz, and when I first tasted Velo Vodka, I was hooked. And when I discovered the founder and CEO of this new brand on the market was a woman, well, I had to learn how did she do it. Colleen Aegis, welcome to my podcast. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted you could be here today. We first met at my book signing, and you were so generous to provide the cocktails for the evening, which was a lychee martini. Some people say lychee. I say lychee because I grew up in Hawaii. But it was made with your own Velo vodka. And when I first tasted this vodka as a shot, and I want to be clear, I don't typically drink shots of vodka. Yeah. But I have to say, I could not believe how smooth it was. It truly is one of the best vodkas I have ever tasted. So congratulations on that. It's not easy to enter a new spirit into the market. What makes Velo Vodka so special and so different from other major brands on the market? Well, thank you so much. And we're so glad you enjoyed it so much. It is an incredibly smooth vodka. Entering the vodka market was really interesting. And I did some kind of competitive landscape information and I was inspired by my kids who were kind of looking for a new product, looking for something new, different, exciting. And I found that the vodka category had been so kind of stagnant for years. You know, there's been nothing particularly interesting or innovative about the space. The goal was really to create a super premium vodka. And we believe we're selling a smart and sexy vodka. It's gluten-free. Oh, wow. Made right here in South Boston. So super local. Our distiller was one of the top 25 in the country about two years ago by Travel and Leisure Magazine. So he did a phenomenal job. And, you know, there's not a lot of women in this space. So it's exciting to be one of them. You've used the term super premium vodka. Is there a specific definition of what a super premium vodka is? I think it's really gauged by the consumers. We start with really high grade ingredients. We're created in a hybrid still, which I think contributes to the quality you know, only three times distilled. And sometimes people are like, why aren't you 10 or why aren't you more? The quality of the product we start with is so excellent that it really creates this vodka with an incredibly smooth finish to it. And if I'm remembering from your website, it's corn-based. Does that make a difference also in terms of the flavor? Corn-based would make you gluten-free because there's no wheat or any product like that in it. But also I've heard people say that they find it has a slightly sweet finish or sweet note mm -hmm. to the end of it. I attribute that to the corn. I have to ask, how many iterations did it take to get to this specific flavor? And who got to do all the testing? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did about 17 iterations. I was no vodka expert when I started. You know, I was a little more of a tequila person. So learning about vodka was, it was super interesting. And personally, I believe there is a lot of bad vodka out there on the market. We brought in different people, friends, family to kind of try and some people that were big vodka drinkers to work through and kind of settle on this as the final product that we felt was excellent to go to market. What I think is so interesting, I want to get back to something you said a moment ago that it was really your kids. And I'm thinking, what parent would think that they want to find a <laughs> vodka for their kids to drink? I, mean, <laughs> I know there's a backstory to this, but when did you guys launch and, and share with us that story? 
my kids are 23 and 25 now, and they were always doing Pedialyte, which is interesting because I think all the millennial kids are, are kind of trying to drink smarter or offset the effects of alcohol. So long story short, we went to brunch at a place called Bootleg Special in Boston. The waitress comes out of the bathroom, tying her apron. I'm a mom. My son's had a few health issues. And I'm like, oh, she washed her hands. And then the whole meal, she's MIA. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. What if, you know, what if she's sick and she's going to touch our plates and give us the flu? I'm like a typical mother down the rabbit hole. And by the end of the meal, she had finally rolled through the door, you know, with Pedialyte and ginger ale. And I was so excited about that. My kids are like, you're weird. And I'm like, well, she's hung over. And they're like, why do you care? And I'm like, she's not going to give us the flu. I look at the kids and I'm like, why aren't people drinking better quality vodka? You know, why is this girl an absolute train wreck today? If she was thinking smarter last night and drinking better, perhaps we wouldn't be having this experience. It was one of those experiences where you'd want to call and complain at the restaurant, and now I have to call and thank her for the inspiration. <laughs> wow. So that was the inspiration to start all this. And when did you guys launch again? We launched in market February of 2020. So it was COVID. So like, you've got to be kidding me. It was kind of comical. <laughs> I mean, there are so many things to say about that because it was COVID when a lot of people started drinking again, as well as staying home. And here you're trying to launch a business. I mean, tough times, I'm sure, initially. It was very tricky. What happened was that I got a little nervous about going out and bringing COVID home to, to kind of see accounts. So we really didn't get momentum going till July. And then what we had to do, which was interesting, I had never heard of this before, was a dry tasting. So they wouldn't let us pour the, the vodka in the liquor store for people to try. So you just had to stand there and tell people about the vodka and why it was great and why they should try it. And we actually did incredibly well with that. We could go into different places and sell four or five cases without people even trying the vodka. So that when we could finally start pouring it and people would be blown away, as you mentioned you were, by how incredibly smooth it is, they would buy it. Wow. So it was a great kind of lesson for us to really have to be able to sell a product well without people even trying it to move the cases. But the liquor store owners, like Cappy's in Norwell, for instance, I used to do a lot there, they were like blown away. They're like, how in the world can you sell this and people aren't even trying it? That takes a skill to get that pitch down. <laughs> Every time I do these, I'm blown away as time just continues in this project. Is people are incredibly supportive of local. Mm -hmm. Like people genuinely really want to help you. And it's amazing how generous they are in their hearts for that. They also like women too. Women love the women don't. I've had women like grab multiple bottles for their girlfriends. Like one woman one time was standing there and she's, she grabbed two bottles around Christmas time and she's like, can I buy more? And I'm like, of course. Of, of course, course yes, exactly. And she goes, I go, how much do you want? She's like, how about five? Then she goes, no, just make it six. I'm giving it to all my girlfriends for Christmas. Oh my, well, idea, I'm stealing that one. So thank you. <laughs> We've been super lucky in terms of that, that people are, are so generous and enthusiastic and the product's outstanding. So once they try it, we do feel like we do get them hooked on rebuying. Well, prior to all of this vodka that you've been working on and Velo, you flipped houses. You'd also been a mortgage operator for 20 years. What made you say, I'm done with all of that, and you pivot to a new chapter, especially the beverage industry, which is a very tough business whether you're a man or a woman, but especially for women, what made you make the pivot? Well, you know, I had always had the entrepreneurial bug since I was like a little girl, actually. I remember selling Avon at 11 when I was really young, I think first grade or something, the boy across the street and I drew pictures and we ran around the neighborhood and selling them for a dollar a piece, which was probably <laughs> a lot of money, you know, 50 years ago. And, but we were getting it. So, you know, just always had this craving to kind of create something, do something different. 
And as you mentioned, I had another product that I developed where you you wore this wrap and you freezed your fat off at home. And we did really well with that. We sold about $750,000 worth of it. But it was it was really hard to figure out the customer acquisition piece. So when the opportunity for that that brunch with my kids came along and we were sitting there and when, you know, I was so aggravated and I said that, the kids were like, all three of us, it was like lightning hit the table. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. this is like, this is a great opportunity. You know, the millennials are looking for something new and exciting to get behind their own brands. They need better quality vodkas out there. There's not a big choice in the super premium or ultra premium category. I have a lot of ideas, but once in a while, I know when I get these ideas that almost make me feel sick to my stomach for a few days, like not in a bad way, sick to my, like there's something inside, like I can almost feel like, oh my goodness, this is a winner. What I think here is so interesting among many things, but being an entrepreneur, I don't have to tell you this, it's not for the faint of heart. And you've had a number of businesses and you talked about this feeling that you get. What is that feeling? Can you describe what that feels like to come up with an idea? And as you said, you kind of get sick to your stomach. Is that, is that your cue, if you will? Like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm really on to something here. I feel like it is, oddly enough. And I hate to call it sick to my stomach, but it's almost like something it, like it, inside my, my stomach or that area, like ribcage, is it, it, almost like, like turning or jumbling or something. And then like I can't sleep because my mind's going... Like, I'm like, well, what about this and this? Like, I don't know. It's like something from the universe is like zapping in and going, oh, yeah, this is a winner. You, you need to go try this and do this. You know, there are many people who have ideas. And it's very hard to bring them to fruition. And you've done it over and over again. So what advice do you have for anyone who may want to start any kind of business venture? What's the best advice you can give them? Well, I think, you know, follow your gut. And you have to have passion, like number one, you have to have grit, like you better be able to dig in and work your behind off. You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? mm -hmm. I work like six, seven days a week. I try to take one day off, be ready to do everything, Yeah. you know, and things you don't want to do. Like we had an incident where we first started with somebody and the liquor stores didn't want to take us because we were just one skew and they weren't signed up with the vendor. And I said to my sales guy, I'm like, well, here's their credit application. Get it filled up. He's like, that's not my job. I'm like, everything's our job here. <laughs> if it, all we have to do is get that piece of paper filled out and make their life easier to get in their system and get it ordered, that's what we're going to do. You know, and people kind of, I don't know, sometimes they're like, oh, wow, you're, you're, you know, you're CEO and you run this company. And, you know, like, but I feel like I come from the opposite side of it, like very much that. I don't want to say nothing's ever good enough, but there's always more. There's mm-hmm. always more to fight for. There's always more to do. You know, I joke, I clean the bathrooms too. Yeah. Don't we all as entrepreneurs? <laughs> nothing's above you. Right. You know, you, know, you better be able to do the hard work. There are two other things that I know about your background that I think are really important for people to hear about also. You've had many mentors who've helped you. What have you learned from those mentors? And then the second piece of that is... One of the things that I've actually heard you speak about is not being afraid to ask. And I think that's often a challenge for women. Asking mentors for help is huge, but also as women, asking. How have those two things served you well? Well, starting with asking, I I feel like I learned that kind of along the journey, maybe in my first project and even doing mortgages. And sometimes I'd ask for outrageous things in mortgages. And people would be like, well, that makes, that's kind of common sense. Yeah, we'll do the deal. Like somebody doing a $4 million loan that didn't quite have the numbers and we'd look at the whole picture and then they'd be like, yeah. 
So sometimes I feel like for every maybe nine out of, you know, even one in 10 times you ask for something that just seems outrageous, people do it. <laughs> and it, it just blows me away. I just asked for some help for somebody and some marketing stuff. And I, I asked for it for half the price. And if I could pay it over five months and they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, oh my goodness, thank God I asked. The other thing is people that are entrepreneurs, they were in your shoes once upon a time. So they want to help you and they love the excitement and the dynamic and the energy of it. Don't be surprised because mm -hmm. everybody was in your shoes once upon a time, so to say. And that goes back to the mentor piece too, because you got to ask sometimes, right? Yeah. And all those people, I feel like really want to pay it forward. Like one of the ones I've been super lucky to have help mentor me is Brian Smith, who is the founder of Ugg Boots. He's super, super smart guy. And, you know, different times I'll call and I'm like, what about this? And he's like, well, you should think about this or do that, et cetera. And great advice along the way. And then another one's Alex Stern, who's a Boston guy who co-founded Constant Contact, who's amazing. He's a wealth of knowledge. So these people have kind of been through it before. And somebody probably helped them coming along and coming up. So they seem happy to do it and they're excited. They love the ideas and the, like I said, the ideas and the energy. Sometimes your mentors have totally different opinions on things. And one says they'll handle it this way and the other one says handle it that way. And that's where I think you really need to listen to your gut mm -hmm. and, and realize you have a good sense of this too. And you should really think about, take each opinion and weigh in on it. That is one thing I've learned too, is like, I think when I started my first project, I was like looking for somebody just to tell me the answers to these things. Mm. And now I feel like I'm more confident that I can step back and you know, somebody else doesn't know everything about your business. You know it better than anybody. You live, breathe it 24 seven. So you should really kind of listen to your gut as opposed to looking to a marketing agency to tell you how exactly to do this. You probably know a lot more than they do. They might be able to take your ideas and put them into a vision, but you're onto something usually with your own product. But where does that belief in yourself come from? Where does that confidence come from? And I feel like it's earned over time. Definitely. Mm. I wasn't always the most confident person. I think there were different times in my life. You know, I kind of grew up with a mother who was pretty tough on me. I would question myself and question myself. But then you kind of, as time goes on and, and you make those milestones, so you can sit back and, okay, well, I did this and I made it through this and I thought I should do this and that worked out really well. And just kind of keep on moving forward mm -hmm. with yourself and, and believe in yourself. You know, the person on the, the news or like the politician or whoever it might be, we're all those people too. They just took a different path. So it's, it's not like they know better than we do or we're lesser than they are. Sarah Blakely once said it, somebody said, well, why you? And she said, well, why not me? And I'm like, oh, that's a phenomenal quote. And as we hear your story, I mean, makes it sound like everything was rosy and you've, you know, done all these entrepreneurships. But at the same time, I know there was a point in time when I believe you only had, what, $2.16 in your bank account. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What was going on at that time in your life and how'd you turn it around? In any project, you've got to raise money. You definitely have to kind of hammer away at always having the funds to run the business. Um, you have friends and family who you reach out to sometimes for help. So it's, it's not something that you're proud of, but oh, does it build character? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> well, I'm curious, you have this spectacular vodka. Do you intend to make any other products at Velo Vodka? Well, the company is called Antidote Liquors. Yes. Definitely, you know, it's on the radar. At the moment, I'm very singularly focused on doing one thing and doing it right. 
But, you know, there's other things swirling around in the back of my mind. A tequila would be fun. <laughs> Seltzers would be good. Maybe cocktail mixers. You know, there's, I don't know, we're the, those creative types. Is your stomach churning yet is what I want to know. <laughs> the brain's going push, 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 keep pushing more, more, more. It's not quite 11.30 a.m. on a Monday morning Eastern time. That's a little too early for me for a Velo Martini. Maybe later tonight. Where can people find Velo? So we're in about 400 locations in Massachusetts at the moment, and we just launched Rhode Island. We're in all the Total Wines, the Cappies, the Lukes, the Yankees, all the major chains, and a tremendous amount of local stores. We're in the Four Seasons in Boston, the Hotel, Serafina in Seaport, the Bullpen in Fenway. You can go to our website, www.vellavodka.com. We have a map outlining all our locations, but also, you know, if you want to get us, please just ask. Ask your liquor store to bring us in, and they will. They're there to service the client. If you could ask them, can you bring Bello in so I can order it and buy it? 99% chance they will. I want to remind people of that website, which is velovodka.com. That's V-E-L-O vodka, V-O-D-K-A.com. And also on your website, besides knowing where people can buy your vodka, you also have great drink recipes, including that lychee martini, which I have made. It's so good. (laughs) Colleen, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you sharing with us that we can all continue to learn and grow and no matter what profession we've ever had before. So thanks for sharing that story with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. And I greatly appreciate your enthusiasm for Velo Vodka and your support. I'm so glad you like it. I love it. And thank you for introducing me to it. (laughs) And thanks to all of you for joining me today. May each of you find your passion to live your best life. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.